You're listening to Liberation News, the newspaper of the Party for Socialism and Liberation. Study, fast, train, fight. The Roots of Black August. Approximately 400 years ago, in August 1619, enslaved Africans touched foot in the first permanent English settlement in what is now the United States for the first time. Centuries since have seen the development of a racial system more violent, extractive, and deeply entrenched than any other in human history. Yet, where there is oppression, there is also resistance. Since 1619, black radicals and revolutionaries have taken bold collective action in pursuit of their freedom, threatening the fragile foundations of exploitation upon which the United States is built. These heroic struggles have won tremendous victories but they have also produced martyrs, heroes who have been imprisoned and killed because of their efforts to transform society. Black August is honored every year to commemorate the fallen freedom fighters of the Black Liberation Movement, to call for the release of political prisoners in the United States, to condemn the oppressive conditions of U.S. prisons, and to emphasize the continued importance of the Black Liberation struggle. Observers of Black August commit to higher levels of discipline throughout the month. This can include fasting from food and drink, frequent physical exercise and political study, and engagement in political struggle. In short, the principles of Black August are study, fast, train, fight. George Jackson and the Origins of Black August George Jackson was a field marshal of the Black Panther Party while he was incarcerated in San Quentin Prison in California. Jackson was an influential revolutionary, and his assassination at the hands of a San Quentin prison guard was one of the primary catalysts for the inception of Black August. A 19-year-old convicted of armed robbery, in 1961, Jackson was sentenced to a prison term of, quote, one to life meaning prison administrators had complete and arbitrary control over the length of his sentence. He never lived outside of a prison again, spending the next 11 years locked up, seven and a half of those years in solitary confinement. In those 11 years, despite living in an environment of extreme racism, repression, and state control, George Jackson's political fire was ignited, and he became an inspiration to the other revolutionaries of his generation. Jackson was first exposed to radical politics by fellow inmate W.L. Nolan. With Nolan's guidance, Jackson studied the works of many revolutionaries, including Karl Marx, V.I. Lenin, Mao Zedong, and Franz Fanon. Nolan, Jackson, and other prisoners dedicated themselves to raising political consciousness among the prisoners and to organizing their peers in the California prison system. They led study sessions on radical philosophy and convened groups like the Third World Coalition and started the San Quentin Prison chapter of the Black Panther Party. Jackson even published two widely read books while incarcerated, Soledad Brother and Blood in My Eye. Unfortunately, if predictably, these radical organizers soon found themselves in the crosshairs of the California prison establishment. In 1970, W.L. Nolan, who had been transferred to Soledad Prison and planned to file a lawsuit against its superintendent, was assassinated by a prison guard. Days later, George Jackson, also now in Soledad Prison, and fellow radical prisoners Flita Drumgo and John Clichet, 
were accused of killing a different prison guard in retaliation for Nolan's death. The three were put on trial and became known as the Soledad Brothers. That year, when it was clear that George Jackson would likely never be released from prison, his 17-year-old brother, Jonathan Jackson, staged an armed attack on the Marin County Courthouse to demand the Soledad Brothers' immediate release. Jonathan Jackson enlisted the help of three additional prisoners, James McLean, William Christmas, and Rochelle McGee, during the offensive. Jonathan Jackson, McLean, and Christmas were all killed, while McGee was shot and rearrested. Rochelle McGee, now 80 years old, is currently one of the longest-held political prisoners in the world. On August 21, 1971, just over a year after the courthouse incident, a prison guard assassinated George Jackson. The facts regarding his death are disputed. Prison authorities alleged that Jackson smuggled a gun into the prison and was killed while attempting to escape. On the other hand, literary giant James Baldwin wrote, quote, No black person will ever believe that George Jackson died the way they tell us he did. End quote. While the particular circumstances of Jackson's death will likely forever remain contested, two facts are clear. His death was ultimately a political assassination, and his revolutionary imprint can't be extinguished. Through the efforts and sacrifice of George and Jonathan Jackson, Nolan, McLean, Christmas, McGee, and countless other revolutionaries, the 1970s became a decade of widespread organizing and political struggle within prisons. Prisoners demanded an end to racist and violent treatment at the hands of prison guards, better living conditions, and increased access to education and adequate medical care. Tactics in these campaigns included lawsuits, strikes, and mass rebellions. The most notable example may be the Attica Prison Rebellion, which occurred in New York State just weeks after George Jackson was murdered. In protest of the dehumanizing conditions they were subjected to, about 1,500 Attica prison inmates released a manifesto with their demands and seized control of the prison for four days, beginning on September 9, 1971. Under orders from Governor Nelson Rockefeller, law enforcement authorities stormed Attica on September 12th and killed at least 29 incarcerated individuals. None of the prisoners had guns. This is the context out of which Black August was born in 1979. It was first celebrated in California's San Quentin prison, where George Jackson, W.L. Nolan, James McLean, William Christmas, and Rochelle McGee were all once held. The first Black August commemorated the previous decade of courageous prison struggle, as well as the centuries of Black resistance that preceded and accompanied it. Political Prisoners and the Prison Struggle Observers of Black August call for the immediate release of all political prisoners in the United States. That the U.S. government even holds political prisoners is a fact they attempt to obscure and deny. In reality, dozens of radicals from organizations such as the Black Panther Party, the Black Liberation Army, the American Indian Movement, and MOVE have been imprisoned for decades as a result of their political activity. As Angela Davis, who was at one time the most high-profile political prisoner in the U.S., explains, quote, There is a distinct and qualitative difference between one breaking the law for one's individual self-interest and violating it in the interests of a class of people whose oppression is expressed either directly or indirectly through that particular law. The former might be called criminal, 
though in many instances he is a victim. But the latter, as a reformist or revolutionary, is interested in universal social change. Captured, he or she is a political prisoner. In this country, however, where the special category of political prisoners is not officially acknowledged, the political prisoner inevitably stands trial for a specific criminal offense, not for a political act. In all instances, however, the political prisoner has violated the unwritten law which prohibits disturbances and upheavals in the status quo of exploitation and racism. End quote. Prisons in the United States are a form of social control which serve to maintain the status quo of oppression. Over the last few decades, prisons have become an increasingly important tool for the U.S. ruling class. Prisons not only quarantine revolutionaries, but also those segments of the population who have become increasingly expendable to the capitalist system as globalized production, deindustrialization, and technological automation decrease the overall need for labor power. These shifts, which began in earnest in the 1970s, have hit black, Latino, and indigenous communities the hardest as exemplified by the sky-high unemployment and incarceration rates those communities face. These groups are also historically the most prone to rebellion. Angela Davis noted in 1971 that, as a result of these trends, quote, prisoners, especially blacks, Chicanos, and Puerto Ricans, are increasingly advancing the proposition that they are political prisoners. They contend that they are political prisoners in the sense that they are largely the victims of an oppressive politico-economic order, end quote. Though that definition of political prisoner is unorthodox, it illustrates the political and economic nature of criminalization. This is why observers of Black August connect the fight to free, quote, revolutionary political prisoners to the broader struggle against U.S. prisons. Mass incarceration is a symptom of the same system that political prisoners have dedicated their lives towards fighting. As increasing numbers of the U.S. working class are, quote, lumpenized, or pushed out of the formal economy and stable employment, the potential significance of political struggle among the unemployed and incarcerated increases. George Jackson wrote in Blood in My Eye that, quote, prisoners must be reached and made to understand that they are victims of social injustice. This is my task working from within. The sheer numbers of the prisoner class and the terms of their existence make them a mighty reservoir of revolutionary potential. End quote. George Jackson's own journey is a perfect example of that revolutionary potential. Jackson didn't arrive in prison a ready-made revolutionary. He had a history of petty crime and was apolitical during his first years in prison. He would have been dismissed by many people in our society as a, quote, thug. But comrades who knew that he held the potential inherent in every human being found him and took him in. They helped him understand his personal experience within the context of capitalism and white supremacy. In turn, George Jackson dedicated his life to doing the same for other incarcerated individuals. Black August Today August, more than any other month, has historically carried the weight of the black liberation struggle. Of course, enslaved Africans were first brought to British North America in August 1619. Just over 200 years later, in August 1831, Nat Turner led the most well-known rebellion of enslaved people in U.S. history. This historical significance carried into the 20th century when both the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom and the Watts Rebellion, 
an explosive uprising against racist policing in Los Angeles, occurred in August during the 1960s. Even today, the month remains significant in the struggle. John Crawford, Michael Brown, and Corinne Gaines were three black Americans who were murdered in high-profile cases of police brutality. Crawford and Brown in August 2014, and Gaines in August 2016. Their deaths have been part of the impetus for a revived national movement against racist police brutality. Finally, on August 27, 2018, the 47-year anniversary of George Jackson's death, thousands of U.S. prisoners launched a national prison strike. They engaged in work stoppages, hunger strikes, and other forms of protests. The strike lasted until September 9th, 47 years after the Attica prison uprising began. Like the Attica prisoners, the 2018 prison strike organizers put forth a comprehensive list of demands that exposed the oppression inherent to the U.S. prison system and laid out a framework to improve their conditions. Each of these historical and contemporary events reveal a truth that the black radical tradition has always recognized. There can be no freedom for the masses of black people within the white supremacist capitalist system. The fight for liberation is just that, a fight. Since its inception in San Quentin, Black August has been an indispensable part of that fight. In the current political moment, when some misleaders would have us bury the radical nature of black resistance and instead prop up reformist politics that glorify celebrity, wealth, and assimilation into the capitalist system, Black August is as important as ever. It connects black people to our history and serves as a reminder that our liberation doesn't lie in the hands of black billionaires, black police officers, or black Democratic Party officials. Those, quote, black faces in high places simply place a friendly face on the system that oppresses the masses of black people in the United States and around the world, often distorting symbols of black resistance along the way. Black liberation lies, as it always has, in the hands of the conscious and organized masses. Study, train, fight, and in the words of George Jackson, discover your humanity and your love of revolution. Thanks for listening. You can read more at liberationnews.org. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Spreaker, and other podcast platforms. And follow us on social media at PSL Web.